Holy Hollywood, this is Flight Check Season 2, Episode 6. We're back one more time for your listening and viewing pleasure. Talking FlyQuest in every single capacity. Your source for all kinds of FlyQuest discussion, news, updates, uh, new jerseys, you know, things like that. Uh, except, you know, some of us had some USPS... Uh, snafus i believe which is truly <laughs> unfortunate my name as always is sandy toes and to my left and my extra left are my fellow hosts Noxwar and back from hot take jail curly double q uh, hello, hello 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 uh nox quick starting with you uh how was your valentine's day we took the we postponed a day uh, y'all do anything special? Anything fun? So, it was actually kind of unfortunate because she did want to do Valentine's stuff and then she was forced to work till 1am last night. So, mm. no, we actually did not get to do anything last night. But, uh, it's okay. We're, we're gonna make up for it. We're gonna go do stuff Saturday night instead. But, no, unfortunately, we, I guess I technically could have done a show last night, but it just <laughs> didn't work out that way. Yeah, that is, that's a turbo sag, uh, if I've ever heard one. Uh, unfortunate all around. Uh, Curly, uh, how did you spend your, first off, your Super Bowl Sunday? I know you're a big, yeah. big Super Bowl guy. Real oh, big. Oh, yeah, huge Super Bowl Football fan. lover. Are you me? Uh, and 100%. then, how, how about that and your, and your Valentine's Day? What did you end up doing? Well, so for Super Bowl Sunday, I spent it as any good American would, playing D and D and only pausing for the halftime show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what was your what was your favorite part of the halftime show, though? Because I had a couple um, of favorite parts. It was just banger from start to finish. But okay, personal favorite part: seeing Anderson Pack on drums. Yeah, I was like, wait, is that Anderson? What? Huh? That was so hype for me. He is an artist that I really love. Uh, and just seeing him up there on the stage, like, just with Dre and Eminem, uh, it, it was just so cool. It was so, so cool. Um, and it's funny because, like, I, like, didn't have memory at the heyday of half of these artists. Um, but I still love them so much, you know, because I've still listened to their music. Mm. Um, and so <laughs> it was just so fun. <laughs> Um, disappointing that the Bengals, uh, lost, uh, I was really hoping we could finally end the cursed timeline by honoring Harambe with a win, <laughs> but. Happens. Oh yeah, because you're actually from Ohio, so you were actually legitimately cheering for the Bengals, not just because. No, it was straight up literally actually because of Joe Burrow's dedication mm. to Harambe. It was not at all because they're from Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is all it is. Nice. But as for my Valentine's Day, I actually had a very nice date with Solo Q. Oh. Um, it, you know, we went three and one, which I want to save for my stream record this uh, year. Actually, the best I've ever had. Um, so it, it was pretty good, and then I just relaxed, played some uh, Pokemon, played some Smash and Mario Kart with my roommates, found out that I am, in fact, the best at Mario Kart, and no one can stop me on Waluigi. Nice. Are you playing uh, Arceus right now? I am playing Arceus your, right now. What's your team composition? My team comp right now? Alright, so I've got uh, Decidueye, I've got a Sylveon, um, I've got a Garchomp, 
Um, Our job. Yeah, right, right. Uh, I've got the Alpha Rapidash from the Obsidian Fields lands. Mm. Um, I've got a Rotom. Uh, and last but not least, rounding it out, I've got a Sneasel, which I've been waiting to find a Razor Claw so it can be Sneasley. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. That's a good team. Uh, I still need to pick up a Switch for myself and land that game. Uh, mm-hmm. If this is your first time listening to the show, uh, just a brief reminder, we don't usually call out subs or follows or anything on the show, just to keep our discussion flow going, but we will read things like that off at the end. If you cannot catch all of the show, the VOD will be available here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash crew, and on YouTube on our channel Flight Check Podcast. And the audio-only version will be available on your favorite podcast listening platforms as well. So you should be able to catch any parts that you missed. Uh, And maybe you're listening to one of those uh, platforms right now. And if you are, hey, thank you very much. That's really kind of you. Well, let's get into the Week 2 recap uh, right away, I think. Um... A tale of two fly quests, I think, is the was my big takeaway. Starting off, the twenty-five minute stomp. Stomp. Oh I think God, stomp is. Dude. I mean, as I put it uh, in, in the show title tonight, uh, turbo stomped mid. Um, or as another Reddit Reddit comment I saw that I really liked, <laughs> uh, tenth like- spot mine. Another great uh, name for that team. <laughs> uh, That's a new one. I haven't heard that one before, actually. Yeah, I, like I mean, I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like you got to get creative with some of these with some of these TSM names. Um, and then, of course, the thirty-seven, thirty-eight minute loss to Team Liquid. Mm-hmm. So, Curly. I was not prepared for that. Between the two games, I feel like there's a fair amount to take away. So I just want, like, your, like, brief thoughts on what you saw, maybe, like, a couple trends, something like that, just to kick us off on the discussion. For sure. And so, like, just summary for the whole weekend? Uh, Let's start with the TSM game. Starting with TSM. All right. So uh, I actually have nice notes here, um, courtesy of the fact that I was doing thorough VOD review today uh, in between classes. So I had my notebook with me. Nice. Um, But something I noticed, like, from our early game um, was that we definitely had a lot of good, like, aggression and pressure, uh, particularly in the mid and bot lane, uh, which is something I've been seeing consistently. And I like that because it gives us these little tiny bit leads that we're able to then work on later. Uh, and in this case against TSM, it gave us uh, good plays on dive preventing with uh, Kumo because Jose Diodo was free to go up there because he doesn't have to worry about Takui or Johnson. They're going to be fine. Um, and then he was also just gave us control of the first Drake um, and even Harold when the team fight came after that. Um, and so it's just making me very confident, especially with how cohesive the team was looking uh, throughout the entire game. Like, it never felt like, oh, we're suddenly together. There was no real sloppy play there. Like, the, what is it, two kills TSM got? Maybe, I know they got one, but I think the two kills, it was just like, 
they really had to try hard for those kills, mm -hmm. you know? So it wasn't getting caught out, and we just had really good tempo around everything because we also got the second Drake for free, and I want to say, um, I don't even know if TSM contended any of the Drakes because I know the third Drake also went for free I have here in my notes uh, because by the mid-late game, we already have a lot of XP, a lot of uh, gold, and we just use that to continue our abuse on TSM. Um, especially when they make a rant. Like, I don't know why they made that bold play between our top turrets. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of unwarranted. Yeah, that was questionable, uh, <laughs> to say the least. Well, I feel like yeah. that's where everything started to unravel for TSM, just right at the beginning. Absolutely. Because that, like I said, allowed us to get that third one, third Drake just for free. Um, and then we go get Baron uh, with no contest and get two free kills out of that, too, because they showed up late and tried to get something. Mm -hmm. Couldn't get any of us. Uh, and that guaranteed... Pretty much by that point, it's like, all right, nail in the coffin. Three minutes later, we're done. So, like, my summary here is that our map control looked good. Our ability to snowball was amazing. We managed to make Takui Johnson and Jose Diodo practically unstoppable, uh, which is exactly what I, see, what I want to see. And... Um, Something I have here is at first I was a little nervous about Orn because of uh, the inconsistencies in Kumo's performance in Lock-In, um, and was unsure about TK because I, even though I know it's good with the Jinx, I just don't see Aphromoo on it often, and so I was like, all right, how's this going to look? Um, but if we keep playing like this and just up our like co uh, carry potential with everyone, mm -hmm. uh, I think we can definitely take on expected top five teams and take them down, you know? cheese out some unexpected victories mm. yeah See, I, yeah the go one ahead. disagreement i'll have is i don't even think it'll be cheese i think we showed enough quality play that maybe we won't always win against tl but against other teams we can absolutely take games without having to cheese something out i think we can actually straight up fight right now and i'm very excited to see how the rest of the season goes yeah i think there were a lot of really positive takeaways for me from this weekend i mean i yes i am well aware that tsm is currently 0 and 4 and they look really bad however you should be able to stomp a team like that in the fashion that we did when you play a standard comp that such as we did against tsm and if you're struggling to close out that game, that seems a little, you know, when you get that kind of uh, early lead and you're snowballing and everything, if you struggle there, that would be concerning. But that's not what I saw. I saw proactivity. I saw a willingness to press the issue and force, uh, you know, force them to basically come to us. We took advantage of their mistakes and we won, and one of the fastest games of the split so far uh, across the entire LCS. Maybe the fastest, I'm not exactly sure. Don't quote me on that. But it's definitely very fast. And in the Team Liquid game, which we'll get to in a, in a bit, we I don't think we looked bad. I think their comp just at some point, A, outscaled, and B, had so much range and poke that it was very mm -hmm. difficult yeah. for us to play into it. it. It was a slight draft if. It was a slight draft if. However, I for still sure. felt like, for a long time, TL's gold lead was only 2,000 gold. 
Like we th- had the lead at one point in it. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Things, I remember seeing a, a, a little bit. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Things stagnated for TL. It basically ended up coming down to, um, I believe, a, a fight around Baron that yeah. you know basically lost the game for us, which you can understand why because at that point TL had scaled. They had the poke. It was just very difficult to walk into their uh, range and their abilities. So, I think the overall takeaway for me is positive. Uh, 1-1 on the week. 3-1. We're tied with, what, four or five other teams for first place right now? Five other teams, right? Yeah, Yeah. which, like, that's not bad. Um I, we're right smack dab in the it's middle. better but, than I start last well, year, if I remember correctly. Even if, you know, let's say, and this is jumping way ahead, but even if, like, we go 0-2 this weekend, right? That's still 3-3, win rate. Still a pretty decent position to be in. So, I am not going to look at this weekend and be like, ooh, not exactly what we wanted. I think... Getting the dub over TSM was absolutely necessary, and I think we overwhelmingly succeeded on that. And yeah. we showed more spirit against Team Liquid than perhaps I was expecting. Um, yeah. Nox, I don't know if you have any thoughts that you want to share there. I mean, bo- both of you pretty much summarized my thoughts. I thought TSM game was exactly what we needed to see. In fact, it was more than I even expected. Uh, it was complete and under stomp, which makes my heart very, very happy. And then the TL <laughs> game was honestly also better than what I expected. Yeah. I, I predicted that we lose that game. We did lose that game, but we actually looked okay losing it. Obviously, were there issues in that game? Obviously, yes. And we'll go over that here in a little bit. But, like, the issues that I have are not major. They're, like, minor tweaks. Things that, if he- small little stuff that you change, like, that game actually goes in our favor, I think. Yeah. Um... So, I mean, a couple things that I want to really point out from this TSM game, uh, just to loop it back to TSM. Um, Tukui looked insane on the Zoe. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, So yeah. good. Dude, shout out to my uh, fantasy because of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tukui looked really, really good on the Zoe. Uh, the bubbles were really good. Um, you know, playing that champ as... Uh, the riot devs intended it to be annoying poking you out blowing you up from half a screen away um so huge huge props there uh jose looked very good i thought i felt like he out jungled spica which is not mm-hmm. an easy thing oh, to do yeah. i think he absolutely won uh the day there i felt like Kumo looked very good on the Orn. He had some great engages with the Orn ultimate um, that were really crucial in several team fights. I mean, I basically have praise up and down the board. Johnson looked good. Aphromoo looked good. It was just a good, clean game all over. Um, and I, I think I just really want to give props to the team like i said before on the proactivity and the willingness to like press the advantage and i think that is a really good sign to see from this team when they had this extensive lead and uh, around like by minute 15 
Jat on commentary was basically saying, yeah, this is turning into a route. But I can't... Oh, Jat called it so early in yeah, the game, he, too. He, we were only, did. like, a thousand gold up. And he was like, oh, this is a route. This is done. Yeah. Yeah. What I would say is that I feel like I have seen times in the LCS, in LEC, where... It we there's a similar situation where it's like oh a team's like way ahead or whatever, and then they don't close the game out until like 30, 35 minutes still because they just play it slowly, and that is not what we did, and I loved that. I loved everything about the way we were aggressive. Um, we took uh, second herald and we really pressed uh, with that. I believe at one point um, we took mid tier three. Or mid tier two, and they hadn't even taken our mid tier one. Yes. Yeah, and no, we opened up mid yeah. so much. I, yeah, it was dude. around eighteen minutes that we were pressing down mid tier three. That is so good, and is exactly what we need to see from this team, um, and the kind of leadership and the calls that I think were sorely lacking in last season. So. Overall, this game was absolutely chef's kiss for me. Uh, can we get a lot more of those? Um, Please. <laughs> now, Knox, I do believe I need to, you know, call you out a little bit because oh. <laughs> you uh, you did not uh, have faith in TSM uh, in in FlyQuest against TSM. So, I mean, wh where do you think? Um, I mean, where do you think it went wrong for them? What did we, I mean, what did you see us really take advantage of? Like, what what stood out to you from our performance? Um, more than anything for the TSM game was just Jose de Yoto read Spica like a book, which Curly did a fantastic job narrating for me in the uh, Weekend Forecast, which, amazing job on that, by the way, Curly. I have to reiterate again. Absolutely um, crushed it. Jose just completely read Spica like a book. It was not even close, and it was disgusting how well Jose read Spica. Because the moment that Spica went top lane for that gank, Jose was there. It's like, no, shut down. At any time, basically, most of the game, anytime Spica was trying to go for anything, Jose was just there to make sure you do not get priority here. And it was fantastic to see. And, I mean, there weren't any, like, flashy moments from Jose, but he was just the macro and the sense of understanding of where he needed to be was probably, at least while in the LCS, one of the best games I've ever seen from him while he's been here in North America. And that was beautiful to watch. So hopefully we can continue to see stuff like that from him because I think, don't get me wrong, uh, Johnson obviously looked like it. Who, who got MVP that game? Do we know? Do we remember? Takui, I'm pretty sure. I, I believe it was Takui. So Takui, don't get me wrong, deserved the MVP, but... Uh, Oh, Jose, Jose was like super underrated. Like not enough people were talking about the amount of work he put in that game. So that was like my main thing. On top of the fact that TSM's just really underperforming with a terrible draft. Like Renekton has like a thirty percent win rate across all regions right now, and it is just not good. So TSM picking that and still letting us have last pick Orn was just like, all right, okay, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, uh, here's hoping that we do not draft Renekton uh anytime soon uh please no no sinners no sinner drafts 
We we could have Linkerish <laughs> on the team right now. I'd be fine. He doesn't play. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> he, he doesn't play Renekton. Uh, yeah, but we'd only uh, be two and two, so. Uh, it, 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 yeah, potentially, potentially. Um, or we could pull out the Palafox and be over for I'm so sorry. Yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't need to be dead horses here, Curly. Yeah, yeah, or dead foxes. Um, all right. So, yeah, I think I think we've said pretty much all we can really say about this game. It was just absolutely clean. A uh, bit of a brutal stomp. It, it looked disgusting. I am glad. I am not a TSM fan now more so than ever because I don't have to share. Uh, 10th place with uh, CLG right now, so that feels pretty good. That uh, rivalry is heating up, though. Good old Classico. Yeah, good old, good old, old Classico. Really, uh, sitting there. The battle for 10th, battle baby. For 10th. <laughs> Which legacy org is going to get it? <laughs> I think. Alright, well, if the TSM game looked clean, the Team Liquid game, I would say a little bit less so. So let's talk about that one. Um, I'm going to pull up what our, uh, draft was for there, because I want to kind of dig into this game a bit more. I think draft was a major factor. Yeah, I would agree. So, I only uh, had one major flaw with this draft. Yeah, so... Oh, I want to hear your major flaw, because I wonder if it's the same. I mean, uh, well, go ahead, Sandy. Yeah, I was just going to say, I did, um, I did appreciate the Jarvan... For Jose, I felt like that was a good, safe pick. For sure. And I did like how we took the Graves for Kumo, a very safe blind top, because, uh, yeah, Bwipo was definitely going to get the counter pick. They basically just handed, uh, TL handed him the counter pick in the draft. Um, and so you just need something safe. Graves is pretty good. Uh, but Jace, uh, very strong. Corky, very strong. Aphelios, very strong. All these late game uh, kind of champs. As a as a Trundle main, I know how good this champ can be in the late game. Almost impossible to kill at times. As an ADC, I know how powerful that pick can be. Yeah, Trundle. <laughs> Trundle is a. No one understands when you play. Here's a solo queue tip for you for you all at home. If you want to learn how to play jungle. Pick Trundle. He is the easiest jungler to pick up. <laughs> All you do is literally bash stuff with your club, press Q to just bite people, and press W to move faster. Yep. It's it's that easy. Oh, and then you press R to steal people's stats. This is not a difficult champ. This is not mechanically intensive. It's why <laughs> I play it. Uh, so it's a great champ. Great champion design, in my opinion. However... Team Liquid takes these four picks, Jace, Trundle, Corky, Felios, also has the Leona for Engage. Lots of scaling here. Mm -hmm. Up against a, for us, a Graves, Jarvan, Oriana, Jinx, and Braum. Similar ideas, I think, across the board. Nox, I know you said you have at least one problem. Let's dissect this draft and see what else we can find here. So, my major issue is, um, you, just kind of looking at, like, how the first three picks went on each side, we, we round out blue, uh, B3 with the Oriana, right? Mm -hmm. So, if you go look at the bands, do you see anywhere on that list a, uh, hmm. a, a Victor or a Corky? 
Uh, no, no, I see us banning the uh, the Zinzao and the Lee Sin, so focusing on uh, Santorin here. Yeah, and so which, in my opinion, Oriana is still a good mid lane champ right now, but it is not something that should be prioritized, especially before mm-hmm. the other mid laners picked. So I, I part of me feels like this was kind of just like a comfort pick for Takui against Bjergsen. Just it's Bjergsen, right? He's super scary, super terrifying. <laughs> but the thing is, I, I think Corky's just, it's its too good right now. It is just far too good. And if you don't want to play yeah. the Corky for whatever reason, you think Bjergsen has something that can, like, match up into it really, really well, you pick the Victor. Victor is even more standard, but it's still stronger than Oriana. So, at the end of the day, I'm just a little confused over the Oriana pick. Takui yeah. played it well, especially in lane. He actually pressured Bjergsen for a majority of the lane, which is great. I, was, I, I think I even wrote it in our own Discord during in the Pro League spoilers chat. I was like... This is the Takui that I saw when I was VOD reviewing all of his LFL matches. Mm. He constantly shoves his opponent mid later into lane, doesn't really give him opportunities to roam all that much, and was up in CS. In which case, you saw that until Bjerg and the rest of Team Liquid started rotating. Takui just held him in lane and didn't really let him do all that much. So maybe that mm. was part of the stratagem, is just like, hey, if you give me Oriana, I can keep the Corky shoved in and he's not going to be able to pull off roams. But at the end of the day, like... The game is not based around laning phase, right? At some point, you're going to hit mid-game. You're going to have to start doing rotations to other objectives, to taking towers, drakes, barons, whatever it may be. And at that point, he's still going to fire rockets that hit for half of your health because it's just busted at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the Oriana was something I was just... There's better priority champs that you could have done. Even if you don't want the Corky for whatever reason matchup that may be going on in scrims, and you think you just can't win with the Corky for some reason? At least go for the victor. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't see the priority on the Oriana taking it B three. No, I, yeah, I like I like this uh, take that you've got here. I I feel like the I didn't like the Lee Sin ban. I think if you, um, yeah, I think if you know that you're going to. I don't feel like Santorin is known for his Lee Sin, right? Um, yeah. I feel like actually the Trundle might have been the better ban here. Um, and now, so if... actually, uh, I I have something to continue your thing, but I have something to dis- dispute this. Sure, yeah. Uh, I feel like the Trundle would have been the better ban, um, and or if you know that you're likely going to end up having to blind pick uh, something, you know, I would have liked to have seen a top lane ban, you know, focusing on Whippo, uh, instead of the Lee Sin here. I think the Zin Zhao ban, that was a good one. I liked that one a lot. Um, yes. <laughs> but not the Lee Sin one, and I would have rather seen a top lane ban against Whippo. But, I would rather seen that in phase one of bans, if you ask me. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, yeah, Nox, I mean, you've got something to dispute. So, I actually think uh, TL drafted right in FlyQuest hands in terms of their jungle pick. So, think about the three main junglers currently in the meta right now. You have Xin Zhao, Lee Sin, and Jarvan, the fourth. Those are the three main ones, right? Like, I'm not forgetting any. Yeah. Yep. Like, there, there's others that you can slot in, don't get me wrong, but those are the main staples. So, you automatically go to the fact of, like, well, what is Santorin's fourth and only other champion that he plays in the jungle? It's Trundle, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know for a fact it's going to be Trundle. Yes. It's a little so, telegraphed. 
it's, it's very telegraphed. And something else about Santorin is, like, I think we can all agree here, he's probably the most pathing efficient jungler in the LCS right now. Mm-hmm. In which case, I think if... I may, I may be tooting FlyQuest analysts a little too much here. Who knows? Especially after I was sitting here bashing them for their draft pick a second ago. <laughs> but um, I think Santorin's actually fairly predictable in his jungle pathing, especially when you put him on his comfort champion that is Trundle. He's very predictable. You know where he's going to go. He's going to be the most efficient as possible in terms of his jungle clearing, so he's the strongest possible at certain breakpoints. Um and you kind of saw that in certain areas of the map when Jose was going for certain lane pressure moments or others. He knew that Santorin's like, hey, I need to prioritize the farm here at this time. And you could see Jose going top lane to give uh, Kumo like breathing room or whatever mm-hmm. it may be just because he knew that Trundle wasn't going to be there because he was going to be farming. I, I think, honestly, that was part of the stratagem of like, okay, ban out the Z- Zin Zhao and Lee Sin on the fourth and fifth picks because it'll force him on the trundle, and it's going to make Santorin a lot more predictable, which gives Jose Diodo more time and room to do what he wants to do on the map. Yeah, I mean, Curly, how do you, I mean, how do you feel about Nox's takes here? I mean, I'll definitely, like, I'll give you the jungle one, I think. Um, <clears throat> especially because I don't think the trundle was actually hurting us all too much, uh, so I think that was a good... For me, the ban phase is a little awkward because, not to disrespect Ayla, but I'm not sure how I feel about throwing two champs at him in the uh, pick one. Um, and something I have in my notes here is, and this might be because of a little bit of bias, but I do feel the biggest gap um, on the team would be in the top lane, so we should have thrown at least one first phase ban over to him. And I, while putting Kumo on the Graves is a good way to take it away from him. I think banning out the Graves and maybe taking the Jace or something else would have been potentially a better game plan. Uh, because as you saw, like, um, what Jose Diota was trying to do, I think, was enable Kumo to try and get a lead against Whippo because, um, personally, I do think Johnson and, uh, and Aphromoo were actually able to hold their own really well against Hansama and Ayla. They had a little bit of pressure at first and then they relinquished it, but they were never really down. They were never really struggling, whereas I could personally, I could see the pressure that Pwipo was exerting on Kumo, and mm. so that was like the spot where, uh, like I think Posidio was trying to go for, and I think it would have been better if we had been able to pinch Pwipo's champion pool a little bit more. Mm. Um, and then, like he said about the Oriana pick, I'm really not a fan of it. Um, I didn't even think about the taking the Corky first, or taking the Victor if you're expecting the Corky. Um, and even if you don't do one of those, I personally would have rather see him bust out the Zoe again because every time he's pulled, like he's just he's a menace on Zoe, um, or like even Syndra. I think Syndra would have been uh, a nice little pocket pick here too because it would have just given him more carry potential because he was able to keep that pressure on Bjergsen for a good amount of the game with Oriana. And to me, Oriana just isn't a champion that translates well to carry late game. You're more of an enabling your team in the fights rather than doing all the damage. And I think if you know you're going to be able to get an advantage in the mid lane, you want to give a damaged champion like Syndra who can just throw all of the balls at you or Zoe who can just like off-screen pop you. Do you guys feel like in this draft we tunneled too hard on the idea of the Jarvan-Oriana combo? You know, Jarvan Cataclysms, 
Oriana follows up with a shockwave? Was that just, hey, we see this combo, let's snag it in draft right now? Or, you know, because if that's the reason, uh, yeah, I would have to agree that I feel like taking the Corky first, or, again, the Victor, and basically, you know, saying, all right, Bjergsen, take the Corky, we've got Victor. Um, either of those seem like a better idea, and it's not like we, and again, this is like hindsight being 2020, right? I didn't even see very many successful cataclysm into shockwave moments. Um, no, that's another reason I so was not a fan now, of, of course, Oriana. Th that, that's absolutely me looking back on the gameplay and saying, well, we didn't even really succeed in, in, in doing it, uh, you know, often enough. But again, I, I feel like the Corky would have been the better pick here. But I think, here's what I think um, would have helped even more. Not making some dumb mistakes. And there were a couple that I want to point out. Um, first of all, there was a moment where Kumo is in bottom lane. And I Bjergsen and someone else... Uh, finish off the dragon. And, you know, they even say it on, on the broadcast, Kobe and Captain Flowers, they're like, you have the audio cue, you know they just took dragon, they see you alone in bot lane. You, you gotta back off. <laughs> you gotta back off. You need to get out of there. And he doesn't. And they called it out as, as lazy. I would use the word greedy, Mm -hmm. I think it was more greedy than lazy. I, I would not call Kumo a lazy player, but I do think that move to stay in the bot lane and continue farming up, pushing out that lane, when you know there's... Was this the late game? Uh... No, this was... This was uh, This was in the bottom lane. Um, it was oh. their third kill. It was only... It was Team Liquid's third kill. Okay. I, okay. It, between 15 and 20 minutes, I believe. Yeah. Um, and there was another moment where uh, Johnson got caught out in top lane and tries to hide in the bush and recall, and Bjergsen just pokes him out with a corky missile. Uh, I believe that was the second kill. Um, and it was just, that's two free kills given over because of just, you know, bad positioning and greed. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're playing against... A comp that is looking to scale, you can't be giving up those free mistakes. And Team Liquid, uh, you know, somehow want, they're still following this formula of capitalizing on other people's mistakes. Um, you know, it's a valid playstyle, definitely in the LCS. Um, and that was the big egregious issue for me in this game was giving up those early kills. And I will say, I think there's some discussion to be had here. I was not particularly happy with just giving up uh, Drake after Drake after Drake. Yeah. Uh, I did not like that either. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, Nox, I, 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 how do you, I, I how do you feel about that one? one? Yeah. So the first Drake was after the Herald fight where we had just lost, so we didn't have priority on it. So, like, we yeah. can't fight that. Jose was dead and still coming out of base. Mm -hmm. um, the second one, hold on, I'm kind of, like, literally spitting through the VOD as it's... Because I'm trying to remember and I'm, make sure I'm not, like, spitting wrong facts. 
<laughs> um, okay, the second one, I'm not sure why we didn't contest exactly. I can see Takumi yeah. and Afro are both coming out of base while they're taking it. So apparently we decided to reset at that point, which I, I would have to go watch the full bot again to remember the reason on that See, one, so. so for the second Drake, what I have here, right, um, is that, like, we had control of the river, um, and we knew TL had just finished the Herald, and we hadn't started anything, and once we get vision on them rotating from the Herald, we just leave. Mm. We, like, may throw out some spells to try and zone, try to, like, maybe get some poke, um, in like the um, bot side um, closer to our turret next to mid just outside the river um, but after that short trade we just leave the river altogether and like alright yep Drake's yours we're gone so like we, we had all of the control in the river we were waiting for them I don't think they had much vision on us and we just left so yeah that's what I will. that's how second Drake went down yeah <laughs> What I will say yeah. is, oh yeah, go ahead, Nox. Well, no, I just uh, I was looking at the third Drake. Um, we're pretty much all topside, and I think the other thing is it's Cloud Drake at this point, right? Flies like, yeah. Well, at this point, I mean, we don't want to if we're not set up for it and we're not ready for, to go for it. There's no reason trying to fight Team Liquid for positioning in the river for it because it's a, it's the Cloud Drake. It's probably the least prioritized Drake out of all the Drakes, right? So. The third Drake is kind of like, all right, whatever we give it, we go for like gold objectives on the top side, which I think we ended up getting a tower right before that third Drake. So, I mean, mm. I think actually that's a fair trade. Um, the fourth Drake, uh, do you remember the fourth Drake off the top of your head, Curly? Well, it would have been uh, Cloud again, right? Yeah, it's still Cloud. And this time soul. we do actually get it because um, we, we uh, denied them Soul Point. Let me see what play it says. Oh, yeah, we, we managed to get like a... Um, CS shutdown on Bjergsen um, with a... Oh, that's like, right. We picked him in the mid lane. Play mid. Yeah, picked him in the mid lane, so that gave us more power, uh, and TL decided it's not worth it to potentially lose more. It's just a, a cloud drake. We're already on soul point. We'll give him this one. We don't need to put in the effort that, so that kind of gave us a free drake, but I wouldn't say that's... Like, that was a little bit of our play, but also them kind of being fine. It's yours. You know? Um... And at this point, um, our only advantage, though, is really kind of Takui, um, which, like I said early, it uh, is on the Oriana, only so much you can do with that advantage, because there's so much CS and XP on the side lanes and jungle hmm. on Team Liquid. Yeah, and then finally for the Soul one, I, I you can look at the map. TL does a good job of making sure the side lanes are shoved, so basically... Flag just can't get into position to contest it even if they want to. And you also have to consider that Flight thinking to themselves, okay, you have a ridiculously strong Whippo. Corky has package. It's not the time to mm -hmm. fight right now. Uh, it's not a 5v5 yeah. that we probably win. So you think about it, it's like, okay, it's Cloud Soul. Like, of all the souls to give away, that's the one you can get away with giving away. And so you have to think to yourself, okay... We go for the Baron fight, because that one we actually have to fight, and you take a lot more time to try and prioritize getting set up around Baron better, which we don't, and that's probably one of the major grievances I do have. Um, well, a major issue with that is, like, right off the reason um, TL gets, like, an uncontested Drake isn't just we probably didn't prioritize that, but before that, Kumo has a really good push um, on the bot lane. He's, like, chipping away at the Tier 2. Um but there is no rotation from our team to try and help it. We're just kind of floating around in like the mid and topside jungles, like getting vision and all that stuff. 
And so Bjergsen and Bwipo just push him all the way back to our tier two um, and force him to just have to leave and almost even get a kill out of it. And still, there was no rotation from our team, and so that probably hurt our chances of setting up for a good Baron fight. I, I think a lot of the Drake stuff kind of almost comes down to Kumo being greedy, I think. I, I, I think that's probably the big big thing, is him being greedy, he gets chunked and or killed like earlier on in the game, and it kind of mm -hmm. just sets our team back. It's like, okay, we don't have priority on the map right now, we have to let TL do what they do. Um, so <clears throat> I, I think the reason why... I'm really, like, taking the time to go back, A, is partially because it's Tuesday and we didn't do this last yeah. night where I have that memory. Um, yeah. Two is because I've seen a lot of people talking about how we didn't prioritize Drakes or anything like that. Yeah. And I think the only one we can really say that for is the second Drake, I think. The second, second one was, was yeah. a little sketchy. The others, like, I can see at least why we did not go for it. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's fair um, that we didn't. But maybe also probably should have tried to prioritize it somewhere in there, but I'm not going to harp yeah. on it too much. Um, but yeah, I just, I saw a lot of people in various communities can like, we should have gone for Drake's. It didn't look good. And you're right. It didn't look good. I think a lot of that kind of comes down to Kumo, not side laning all that well um, and yeah. not respecting the uh, kill power of Bjerg and Whippo both. Another thing that I want to say is there was a, um, an interesting time in like the mid game. I want to say it was between, like at about 16, 17 minute mark, where there are long timers for both the bear because the herald's already been taken, so you're not getting barren for like three, four minutes, and Drake uh, had just been taken, so that's like a four or five minute timer. So you've got a lot of time before the next objective. So you're like, all right, what do you do with this free time? You either get picks or you get turrets. And for some reason, our focus, we put all of our resources and pressure into trying to get the bot lane turret. And I think that's because we're like, all right, if we open up the bot lane turret, maybe we can contest the next Drake. In my head, the way I see that, you should use that time trying to shut down Bwipo or pushing mid way more because a tier one mid turret, to me, gives you much more map uh, control than a tier one bot turret, especially because it's Cloud Drake. Even if we lose that, we have more control over the Baron side of things. Um, or if we shut down the Bwipo, that gives Kumo breathing room to come back up, or Johnson some agency to be like, all right, now I can be the carry that you guys want me to be. So that's something I think we could have done in that awkward time of no neutral objectives that we just didn't use uh, to the full effect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> no, that was great. That was great. All right, that was week two, so a dub over... Uh, 10th spot mine and a loss to Team Liquid. Week 3 is right around the corner. So we'll talk that and then we'll discuss Academy Super Week real quick and do a little Flight Check Fantasy recap as well. We could, we, we could skip that part for my sake. No. No, no, no. No, 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 We'll be discussing that uh, most definitely. Uh, all right. Week three preview. Let's get into it. A tough week ahead, if I'm being honest. Dignitas and 100 Thieves. Uh, both of these teams, three and one. 
let me pull up the standings here. Uh, 100 Thieves, oh, their oh. only loss has been to Immortals. And Dig, their loss was to Evil Geniuses. So here's the thing. We've beaten 100 Thieves before. Mm-hmm. We can do it again. And we also saw them lose to Immortals this past weekend. So they're beatable. Dignitas looks pretty good. I think there's some interesting discussion here. Let's start with Dig, and I am going to uh, pull up our predictions, of course, on screen right now. And we'll fill those in as we go. Let's start with Dignitas. So this is a roster of uh, Fake God, River, Blue, Neo, Biofrost. River has looked pretty good. Blue, I think most people would say, has been the surprise of this roster. After getting, nay I say, uh, maligned (laughs) for uh, his play last year in the LEC. Unfairly so, due to his health issues and things like that. Uh, He has looked pretty good so far in the LCS. Definitely a top half mid laner, I would argue. I think Dig is scary. I yeah. think this team is... I'm on the party bus, uh, as as they're saying on the broadcast. I'm on the Dig hype train. I think they are very good. Um, and I'm worried here. Uh, I, I'm worried that this weekend overall might be a bit of a reality check. Uh, you know, you've heard of flight check. Well, get ready for reality check. <laughs> um, and this one-two punch of teams, I think, is going to be really tough. River is very efficient in his jungling. Also unpredictable, too, at the same time. Unpredictable. Blue is really good. Neo and Biofrost are, have turned out to be an excellent uh, duo. Fake God, I would say, might be the weak point on this team. Uh, But I would, interestingly enough, say that about our top laner as well. So I don't think it really matters. That kind of cancels out. Uh, Just the way I've been seeing Dig play, I feel like they've got the edge. Uh, I don't know. Do either of you disagree with me here? I mean, I'm putting down... I'm, I'm just locking it in. I'm putting down Dig uh, for myself uh, this weekend. Well, I haven't been able to scout Dig too much, especially after last weekend. Um, I recognize they are <laughs> they are quite the team. Quite the team. Uh, they're definitely more like I think we did them a disservice in our preseason analysis. We were putting them lower than uh, we should have because... Didn't know how to feel about Blue or River. Gotta give them respect now, right? (laughs) This being said, I believe in LFL supremacy. Uh, So I think Takui will be able to hold his own, if not outplay Blue, especially because of what we saw against Bjergsen um, on what I would consider a relatively weaker champ. Um, So I am not worried about mid lane. At all, in any way, shape, or form. Um, when it comes to bot lane, Johnson has outperformed my expectations this season 
in most games. Uh, and Aframu, as we know, he's that good veteran leadership. He's reliable. So I think we might go even there. And even if we lose, it's not going to be the worst. Kumo, I actually, um, I'm confident in his ability to outplay Fake God. Um, I think Fake God's been okay. I think Kumo is, the thing you always hear me talk about Kumo, um, and the thing that I mentioned to you last week when I couldn't be here, is his ability to fit the role that we put him in, and he just needs to do it better. He did that better this weekend, uh, in my opinion, than he's done in some other weekends. So what what I see from Kumo is that he's going to be able to roll with whatever strategy the coaching staff roll out for Dignitas and do his best with it. Um, and so really my only potential concern is that Jose Diodo River lineup, right? Um, now, this is going to be a weird and maybe not the most sound defense, but there's a small part of me that thinks Jose Diodo will be able to edge out River, uh, particularly because of his performance in my fantasy. Um, but like, <laughs> those points are speaking to you, Curly. <laughs> but but like, I think there's a chance, especially as long as he plays more like he did in TSM than he did against TL. Mm. Um, and so this is my convoluted way of saying, I'm coughing, uh, I'm huffing hopium, <laughs> and it's gonna be a fly win against Dignitas. All right. Well, he's got that locked in. Knox, you're the tiebreaker here. Are we getting? Optimistic Nox War or uh, pessimistic pessimistic Nox War? <laughs> so, you remember our conversation last week, Sandy, where I said it would be very interesting to watch these two teams play because I actually think Dignitas is a very similar team in terms of identity in, terms of, in, in comparison to FlyQuest, right? You mm-hmm. have two top laners who are kind of deemed like the weakest parts of each respective team. You have uh, two European mid laners who came over, and granted, the narrative behind Blue was way worse. But I think now, in hindsight and retrospect, a lot more respect should have been given. Should have been given. I, I would um, say Tukui did not have a lot of hype around him either. People were kind of like, uh, "Who is this?" Yeah, guy? I guess from my bias perspective, because I actually bot reviewed him and I knew he was going <laughs> to be okay. So yes, uh, from the general public perspective, uh, both were not very hyped. But I've been far surpassing most people's expectations. Then you have 280 carries who have been both under the tutelage of Aphromu, who both have had very bright moments, and at least so far this season have continued to show very bright moments. Then you have Aphromu himself, who obviously looks fantastic. And then you have Biofrost, who's come back from a year off, also looking amazing. So two very similar identity teams, right? Mm -hmm. Um, to break it down really fast, so I do think Kumo is a better top laner than Fake God. I do think River is a better jungler than Jose. I think Takui is a better mid laner than Blue. I think Johnson is pretty much just dead even with Neo. I think they're they're close. And then I think Aframu should technically edge out Bio, edge out. So if you want to do some complicated math there, which way do you think I'm leaning? I, I think the math is a slight edge to FlyQuest. I'm going to predict FlyQuest to win. Wow. All um, right. You're, you're getting optimistic knocks for at least for Saturday. Hell Saturday. At least for Saturday. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Um, 
Interesting, yeah. interesting. I, um, I, will, I will add one more thing. Sure. I think Jose, in comparison to River, I think you're kind of onto something, Curly. Jose, like, when I made the prediction or comparison last week between Jose and River, and I still think River is the better jungler, but Jose has been working my way, working his way up, uh, like, my priority chart. He's mm-hmm. been showing a lot, a lot of good stuff. So I don't think it's going to be any form of stop from River's end. I think Jose is going to do a good job of keeping him in check. But I, I think overall it, it's going to be close, and I think Fly should be able to edge it out. I will say, in the four games of regular season LCS that we have seen, Jose has looked better than I was expecting him to in a pleasant and surprising manner. So I would agree with you there that I don't think the gap that people might assume is between River and Jose is as big as people might think it is. I I actually... One more thing. I apologize. No, go. Uh, The strengths of schedule, I don't think people are considering either. I've been hearing Mm. lots and lots and lots of comments on how FlyQuest has had a very easy strength of schedule these first two weeks. Really? Who could have been telling you this? Probably 100 TalkPod fans. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) However... No one's been looking at Dignitas' strength of schedule the first two weeks. Do you guys know who Dignitas played the first two weeks? They played Immortals and TSM, who are currently 1-7 and seven in total. Then they played EG, so we're up to 3-9. and nine. And then they played... And lost to EG, by the way. And lost to EG. Yeah. And then they uh, played, played CLG. CLG. So CLG. that's 3-13 all told. And the only team... And so th- they've... If you take you away their L, right, the teams that they have beaten are a collective, are the 8th, ninth, and 10th place teams in the LCS. Yes. So, 1-11. Yeah. And then so they lost I, to a 2-2 two and two team, yeah. Which, yeah, in that loss, by the way, I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, EG was trying some stuff out, but that was a disappointing loss from Dignitas. Like, mm-hmm. they had that in the bag, and they just let... They, they looked terrible. They just let it slip, mm-hmm. right? Whereas, I feel, personally, against our loss against TL, we held our ground the whole time, and mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. TL is a tougher opponent. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think, honestly, coming into this weekend, I, like, even on uh, this or that, people were more hyped for Dignitas... I, I think we're being kind of slept on right now. I think we're being a little bit underrated. I think FlyQuest needs Which to have a exactly more respect Which is exactly where we need... No, no. That's exactly <laughs> where we want to be. If you remember when we talked to Nick, we perform best when people don't expect anything from us. Right. This is also true. Actually, ignore me. Uh, we, we suck. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's back to Worlds all over again. EDG sucks. They were going to win Worlds. No, we suck. We're going to finish 10th. It's fine. We're bad. We're just, we're just bad. That's, we're bad. That, that, that has we're, to be... We're, we're last year bad. That has to be. Ignore, ignore everything I said like the past five minutes. We're terrible. Yeah, we're terrible. Uh, speaking of being terrible, one hundred thieves. Uh, oh, hey, yo! Good thing they're live right now and can't uh, listen to us right yeah. now. And he's going to hot take jail. Yeah, I'm in hot take jail after that one. Um, no, hundred thieves is legit. They're they're good. They're good. Don't worry about them. I just wanted to. Get the roast in. Uh, Hundred thieves. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just pop out straight here. I think they lost to immortals, dude. Come on, bro. Yeah, they lost to immortals. I mean, if we, I mean, if we want to talk about strength of schedule, who have they beaten? TL, 
uh, CLG and EG. So that is uh, 3 and 5, 5 and 7. And then their L was two Immortals. So, you know, they have not played, you know, teams like Cloud9. They have not played mm-hmm. Dig. Um, I'd, I'd say they played an A-tier team, they played a B-tier team, and they played a D-tier team in terms of wins, and then they lost to an F-tier team. So yeah, far. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I would agree. little all over the place, but they, they at least... <laughs> I it, like they have some pre, uh, credit. What's weird is that yeah. like I know I literally just said we're gonna lose to Dig, and I'm again I'm going to predict the hundred thieves win here. However, mm-hmm. I do see worlds where we win both of these games. Oh um, yeah, I think it's I I really want to note that I'm not saying it's like oh Dig's gonna stomp oh hundred thieves are gonna stomp. I think these are much more like, ooh, this is a little coin flippy for me. Like, this is a little, like, 55-45, 51-49. Like, I-, I don't think this is a cut-and-dry matchup, in my opinion. Mainly based off of, we beat 100 Thieves previously. I, I think Dig is good, but we still haven't really seen them beat anyone uh big it's just been you know small clubs that they've beaten uh and then for us it's also a little hard to gauge things because our three wins have come against um teams that are a collective two and ten so it's a little difficult to gauge where everyone is yet i think we still Mm -hmm. need more data however I'm going to let the paper, you know, the players on paper kind of decide this one for me. And I am still going to say 100 Thieves. Um, Nox, I mean, if you think that we can beat Dig, I'm curious to see how you feel about 100 Thieves. Well, uh, I do think we'll beat 100, uh, Dignitas. Um, but 100 Thieves is a better team than Dignitas, in my opinion. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not think we will beat 100 Thieves. Uh, I am in agreement with you, though, that it is a absolute winnable game for us. Yes. Uh, man, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird because there's just... 100 Thieves has just been inconsistent. Like, 66%, like, two-thirds of the time, they look good. They look like an A-tier team. They look like the team that won the championship, right? Yeah. And then... They kind of look like they just crapped the bed just at random spots. And just, like, I, I don't know. There's a 33% chance that we get into Sunday and 100 Thieves just happens to crap the bed. In which case, okay, cool, I'll take that win because I know they're more than good enough to do it. We already did it back in lock-in when we were still getting used to playing with each other. Um, but, yeah, I think if that 66% comes out, I think in terms of – quality as a team i think 100 thieves is just better than us so um yeah i'm I'm gonna go 100 thieves but who knows maybe they just don't show up on sunday and i know for a fact (laughs) we're good enough to take that win all right curly uh round it out for us how are you feeling about this matchup hold on i think my oven timer is going oh boy (laughs) oh no (laughs) hang on 
let me mute. Let me mute real quick. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, the alarm's going no. off, we don't want to hear that on the stream, right? Now, here's the thing, right? This this uh, take I'm about to go through um, is not without research. I actually very freshly reviewed both 100 Thieves games today mm. uh, to make sure that when I presented this take, I had the absolute gamut of knowledge of both our recent weekends of both our one and one weekends that make us tied for first place um and what went right went right wrong for all teams and i will give 100 thieves respect in this factor um against immortals uh the game that they somehow lost uh they absolutely shouldn't have uh, they were winning for lots like they had a lot of good winning points um and early game they were definitely leading so you gotta ask yourself what went wrong how did 100 Thieves lose to Immortals mm. with a winning game? Well, let me tell you how. <laughs> Number one, Revenge was able to easily regain in the mid-game uh, his stature against Someday, if you compare that matchup. Because Someday had his hand held by Closer in the beginning, and he didn't have that hand anymore. And he didn't <laughs> have a champ that can die. And so Revenge was able to come back. And so they're even. Everything's fine there, right? FBI and Huhi. <clears throat> somehow didn't pop off like they normally do. Um, and Destiny, and why am I forgetting the ADC for Immortals? Uh, Wild uh, Turtle? Wild Turtle, our, 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 Turtle, our yeah. original I, ADC? <laughs> I know, yeah, no. Destiny and Wild Turtle looked really good because it's Wild Turtle? Awesome, amazing. On the Jinx? Great, wonderful. He knows how to all bing, bam, boom, everywhere, right? And so Wild Turtle and Destiny are able to just get good leads mm -hmm. against uh, FBI, who used to be the MVP, but I guess that doesn't matter anymore because uh, it's against Immortals, and who he, uh, more like, why is he in the entire team, right? Um, and then Abadaga didn't look good to me, really. He got, <laughs> he was bullied by mm. PoE a good amount of the time, and so he was just never really a strong point for them. Um, and then Closer. Closer was on Viego. So Closer, you know, he looked really good until he couldn't. Like, he, he actually, I'll give Closer that. He did not look good. The only reason he uh, ever really died was it's never actually his fault. Um, and so with all this being said, if Immortals can pull back and pressure point someday not having Closer holding his hand, who he going in too hard, Wild Turtle just having that veteranship against uh, FBI, Abadaga just not being as good as PoE, and like even I'll say this, um, <clears throat> even Zerse, I do I instantly traded him off my fantasy because I wasn't like how he liking how he was playing. <laughs> this match, once he got to the mid late game, he was actually looking really intelligent and really good. So if Immortals can do that to 100 Thieves, we can do it even better because the only reason that someday was such a threat on sunday was because he was playing a champ that couldn't die you know that so he didn't need closer to hold his hand this time he could just press r and be fine and just keep auto attacking you know and so it's like that as long as you take away the trindamir i think kumo can not guaranteed but way more of a shot than Revenge has to outplay him. Takui 
will outplay Abadaga. Wow. Hands down. I'm just saying it now. Tukui will outplay Abadaga. Um, gotta respect Closer. Nervous about that. I'm not saying we have to ban Viego, but we should be wary. Um, but bot lane, uh, <clears throat> if we can bait who he into being a little bit too aggressive or just use that good old uh, Johnson Avramu synergy to get more of a lead on FBI, because FBI, as much as I love him, um, he's not been performing as high as I've expected him to. Um, so if we can do that, easy fly win all day long. All right. Well, you heard it here. Uh, it's kind of different across the board. We've got a 2-0 from Curly, the 1-1 from Knox, and myself with the 0-2 prediction. More like pessimist toes this week. I, I, you, you've actually been more pessimistic I than have, I have. Wait, wait, Sandy, look, what happened? I, <laughs> I, I can't have faith. I've been let down too many times. I, you know, the longer I don't have faith the more likely we are to win. The moment you oh, start I'm having... singing George Michaels all day long because I got The moment have you faith. start having faith, <laughs> it's when they let you down. So, you know, I'm just going to keep predicting O2s, and then maybe we'll keep getting 2-0s and 1-1s. And then the week I predicted 2-0, we will, uh, you know, we'll not, we'll not get it. Anyway. We'll go, we'll go O2 or something. You're going to be the jinx. Yeah, I will, you know. <laughs> so I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to reverse jinx. You know, that's uh, that's what I'm trying to do right now. Bring, bring back powder. Yeah. Rever yeah. <laughs> I, I sorry, was that, bad? That, was, that was a bad joke. I'm I, sorry. I don't know. It's a good arcane reference. It's a good arcane. Is that an arcane reference? Um, <laughs> yeah, you just got to take away her triple Jace? kill. Is that arcane Jace? Uh, You've just got to take away her triple, uh, triple kill. Um. <laughs> is that Arcane Jinx? Uh, all right. Yeah. That is uh, the week three preview. Uh, one final thing to discuss. Uh, currently, in the Flight Check Fantasy League, uh, Nox, you made a couple free agent moves today. I, I did. Dropping a Blaze Olive and picking Fudge back up and dropping Spica. And picking up Pride Stalker. Uh, now, here's the thing, Nox. You're 0-2. Uh, how do you think... What's what's the angle here? Hey, I mean, what's your... What's the move? What, what's the reasoning? Um, Spica, I, I'm dropping Spica because I think for the time being at least, TSM does not have their crap together. Mm. Um... I don't think he's going to continue getting me any more points. I think maybe some point in the future TSM may pick up a win or two, but he's not going to be consistent enough, whereas at least Golden Guardians is showing that they're good enough, especially, and they want to play through Pride Soccer a little bit too, which means he's going to be getting points. So that, that was the reasoning for the jungle swap. Um, I dropped a Blaze Olive for Fudge because I think Fudge in Cloud9 as a whole have easier matchups this week than Golden Guardians do. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll be a more likely chance that Fudge ends up getting me some points. Fair enough. Curly, it is you and me this week. Yeah. Uh, your 2-0 Curly Corp versus my 1-1 Crimea River. I think I might need to make a move or two this week as well. I'm going to be looking around to see what top laners are available, I think. Uh, there, there's none. Um, there's Kumo, and that's it, I think. Well, 
I'm going to be looking around to see what top laners are available. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, see if, uh, see if I can make anything happen. Um, yeah, I mean, no, here's the thing. I don't think you actually have to make any trades if you want me to be perfectly candid. Um, considering I have no plans to change my lineup. Um, and if you're correct about dig, that gives you an advantage. It does. And if I'm correct about uh, 100 Thieves, I don't know. It hurt. It has to hurt one of my points. Yeah. And even, you know. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, hey, as long as I can ban out the correct champs for Jose and Tukui, I think, uh, I, think I might have a good shot here. Uh, all right. Final discussion point of the evening, and we'll make this quick so that we can wrap up the show. Uh, Academy goes three and three in Super Week, so two zero over TSM Academy, I believe. Yep. A one one with, with Golden Guardians Academy. Golden Guardians. I, think, I thought it was Golden Guardians. Was it not? I believe I th- thought it was uh, a different team. I had the like, I, 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 yeah. I closed League PD and I should. TL have. TL Academy. Oh, TL Academy. And then an 0-2 against C9 Academy. Uh, (laughs) I just want to note, Arkham Avalon in the chat saying, (laughs) even TSM Academy can't win. (laughs) I mean, look, it's true. Uh, You know? Didn't we lose to TSM Academy in lockdown? Anyway, Curly. uh, (laughs) Anyway, Curly. (laughs) Anyway, Curly. So, three and three. Uh... So, Curly, I know you did not have a chance to watch a lot of Academy. Knox, maybe you can just kind of fill I, us in. I, I, I watched all six games, actually. Excellent. So I give a lot give of us the away. give us the recap. Like, what uh, you know, what should we be excited about? What are we still you know looking to see them improve on? Uh, so, just quick, quick summaries of each series. TSM was honestly kind of almost how our game against TSM went in LCS. Uh, both games were very, very solid, uh, pretty much in control the whole time. Lots of very, very good controlled aggression. Um, heading into the TL series, once again, I was actually very surprised how well game one went. And then I think at this point, uh, this is becoming our fatal flaw. But Yuji and uh, usually Philip, but sometimes uh, Spearax, they, they, they start getting a little too hypey. They, they start feeling themselves. And I've noticed consistently in the back three games of uh, Super Week, basically what would happen is there would either be a gank in the top lane or a gank in the mid lane. Mm. And then Fly Quest Academy, and with usually usually being the center and whoever whichever lane it was, either Spirax or Phillip, typically Phillip, but sometimes Spirax, they would go into the top side jungle or uh, whatever side they were on. And they would invade the jungle because they wanted to uh, punish usually TL or Cloud9 even further after what had just happened. And they'd overextend and they'd get caught and they'd get wiped, even though it just... Basically, they throw the leads away multiple times. And so I'm not upset by this by any means, right? Because we're still learning. And I think we've gotten to the point of where we're getting our objective timers down because I was complimenting ourselves on our objective timers last week. We have very, very good objective timers and good roams right now. Um, we're handling ourselves in lane pretty well for the most part. Uh, a lot of it is coming down to the fact that we'll get just over aggressive and we'll just feel ourselves too much. And it's like, okay, let's take more. 
more. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of bite the curve for it, right? Um, I'm not too upset by it because literally this could have been a 6-0 week for us. Like, no cap. Like, all games were winnable. And all three of the games we did lose involved us having some form of gank in the mid or top lane, going into the jungle, getting caught, and then having the other team basically push back on us and have better control of the map from that point on because we lost so much tempo on that play. Um, so heading into future weeks, I, could, I want to continue seeing the same level of early game preparedness that we're showing, the same level of objective control that we're showing, our roam timings. All of that is actually looking really, really good. I'm super impressed with how this team is looking in the early game, actually. Um, I need to see Yuji and whoever else is shot calling to kind of like put in a check and balance system. Like, hey, we just got a gank off. We maybe need to calm down a little bit. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I maybe go in the jungle, get some wards down. But we're wanting to go in and like take jungle camps and we're staying there for longer periods of time. So that's kind of like my next goal is like, hey, you guys get something don't overextend it because currently that's what we're consistently getting put punished and i think teams who are doing their uh prep properly for us are going to recognize that fact that's really good i i mean how do you feel um yuji like i'm curious specifically about yuji and spirex because these are two players that we you know kind of picked up out of the blue i mean are you still seeing improvement on a weekly basis from them oh absolutely yeah absolutely um i think it's kind of funny you're seeing kind of like a lot of the problems yuji had early on is like especially in week one we're just like this level of over aggression especially in the early game is he just wanted to fight all the time and you'd see moments where he'd mechanically outplay the other team and he'd be like yeah let's go but then he'd try <laughs> and do it again later on and you just get absolutely rolled right mm -hmm. um so you're kind of noticing he, he's controlled himself better and he's realizing, hey, I can do this at this time and this at this time, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that problem has just kind of migrated its way into the mid game a little bit of like, hey, I could do this. I know I can do this. And honestly, I think uh, in certain situations he can, but he's got to continue to learn to check himself a little more. Um, Spearax has actually been more solid than I ever thought he would be. Uh, I'm kind of ready for Tim to actually put him on his, one of his academy, like, standout lists. Like, one of these times it's going to happen. I don't think he did it this past week just because Fly ended up throwing the past three games. But he's just solid. He, he's not always necessarily winning the lane, but if he's not winning, he's at least – he's just neutral. I don't think I really saw him lose lane this past week. Um, he's getting good roams off. He's getting – he's being a good support staff. The only time he's really inting at all is usually with Yuji whenever they do those jungle invades. So, kind of, in same thing for Yuji, maybe one of those two needs to check each other. Like, hey, maybe let's not do that so much. Maybe back it up <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. But both of those players are looking fine. Um, great, even. Uh, Philip is actually kind of someone I want to see a little more improvement from. He's having some issues in like side lanes where he's getting picked off 1v1 or 1v2 every now and then. But he's also pulling off these huge mechanical outplays too. So that's kind of another area. And then our bot lane is still... Like, Tomo is just something else, dude. I, this guy's LCS ready. I, wow. Like, if it wasn't for the fact that we had Johnson, I'd, I'd want him on our LCS team. I'm so happy with how Johnson's playing. Um, Diamond, interestingly enough, I don't really want to bash or anything, but... 
because he's had great moments too. But there's been a lot of kind of like, what are you doing, Diamond? Um, so, and you and I kind of talked about this last week, Sandy. I think just I almost feel like Sandy or not. Hi, are you uh, LCS Pro? <laughs> Boy, I, I wish I wish I was uh, an LCS caliber support. <laughs> Uh, I, I kind of feel like Diamond is almost becoming our Darshan. I think he should almost kind of just be a role player for our team. If he wants to stay on FlyQuest and just be a franchise academy player, hmm. continue to help develop these guys and uh, help them understand what it's like playing in the pro league and expectations and how to call stuff in game and so on and so forth. Because I, I'll be honest, I'm not really been impressed and he's not really someone I ex- that's looking like an LCS caliber uh, support. But I think he's absolutely someone who can be the pillar in academy for any of our guys that need someone to learn from. Yeah, not to not to get into that too much, but a bit of a disappointment for all three of the players in the uh, C9 package acquisition uh, a couple seasons ago. That did not pan out too well for us. Uh, okay. <laughs> Well, we are here uh, at the end of everything, wrapping up the show. Uh, any final, any final topics uh, or things that we want to hit before we wind things down? Um, I think in general, FlyQuest fans are really, really happy with how the org's doing this year. Yeah, um, I would agree. I think it's been a complete one hundred and eighty. In terms of like how I, I think where the org is supposed to be, because don't get me wrong, I think most people are generally power ranking FlyQuest to be really really low, but the quality of plays that I've seen from both the academy team and the LCS team are pointing to be far far above where most of the power rankings are holding them. So don't be surprised if FlyQuest drops some games in the coming weeks, but also. I'm not expecting them to drop every game in the coming weeks. I'm not expecting it to be like a one-two curse again like last year. I I am expecting us to continually pick up wins, and I'm excited for that. Uh, I think we have a team that is right now, if I were to have a quick quick power ranking, like sixth place. (laughs) We're looking like a playoff-level team, and that's great. That's what I want to see. (laughs) And... Hey, that was what Nick's expectations were when he came on the show in December for our interview that we had with him. Yeah. So, yep. I I think expectations are going to be met, guys, and I can't ask more than that. Yeah. No. I uh, I actually very after this opening week, um, well, couple of weeks. Number one, I'm very excited to see what the end of the first round robin looks like, just for the whole league. Um, but then. Uh, yeah, no, I'm very, I'm excited for playoffs when we make it. It's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Want to give a quick shout out to Hooli, a uh, friend of the show. Uh, thank you for the prime sub. Uh, I think first time sub for our, our good friend Hooli. Uh, appreciate that. If anyone else has a, a primer, uh, feel free to drop that right now. Uh, how cool mm-hmm. would that be? Uh, They're pretty spicy. Would be pretty spicy. Hey, thank you everyone for tuning into this episode of Flight Check. Week three, uh, right around the corner. It just keeps on coming, folks. Uh, Every week, there's another two games of LCS. 
or in you know depending on the super week uh maybe three so keep up with us on twitter for all of our thoughts you can catch the show itself at flight check crew uh myself at santos db Nox War at Nox War with two R's. Pretty pretty simple. Not not too difficult there. Well, and well, one day I'll get the one with just one R, but Twitter won't respond one, to me. One day he'll find the man <laughs> who has the single R. And Curly at Curly underscore. That sounded threatening. <laughs> curly underscore double Q underscore. Hey, make sure to hop into the Flight Check Discord as well. Moobot has been spamming that link in the chat from time to time. I'm sure you can find it. All kinds of esports discussion, and today even Rubik's Cube discussion uh, taking place in there. And if you missed any part of this episode, maybe you came in halfway through, uh, the VOD will be here on Twitch, and then also on YouTube uh, later tonight and tomorrow morning. The audio-only version of this episode will be up on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, uh, Overcast, everything like that. Uh, if you're listening to that right now, again, hey, thank you so much. Great to see you. Uh, maybe you can come join the show live because we broadcast this episode pretty much, except for tonight, every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time right here at twitch.tv slash flightcheckcrew. Come on by some Monday night. It's a good rip-roaring time. Uh, Curly, any final notes or shout-outs before we call it an evening? Um, Final notes and shout-outs. I mean, like I said, I'm just really happy with how FlyQuest is performing right now. And then also, I liked the uh, new content that's coming out with all the Ikebanas mm, uh, yeah. from Trisha. Uh, and then that little French quiz last week. That was pretty funny. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, 16,000 so, tons of snails. That's way too many snails. 16,000 tons. <laughs> what's, the cap, what's, what's the capital of uh, France? Britain? Yeah, Britain. Oh my Britain God. is the capital of France. I died a little but, bit uh, on that one. That was, that was oh, a little Jonathan. painful. A little rough. That, that gives me similar vibes to uh, dish soap as laundry detergent. <laughs> Or whatever. Oh my gosh. FlyQuest players are somewhat functioning human beings, I promise, I hope. I like to say that so. Um, but yeah. And then also, shout out to you guys uh, for releasing me from jail. I really am happy uh, to be back. Thank you very much. <laughs> very nice. Uh, Nox, any quick shout outs from you? Um, I am repping yet again for the Proving Grounds qual uh, qualifiers, so please go watch that. Go cheer on all those teams. The Open Qualifiers just finished tonight, and there was actually a lot of upsets. Um, There's a lot of, like, higher than 16th seed teams that made it into the actual group stage, so going to be kind of interesting to watch and see what happens points-wise for teams trying to get into actual Proving Grounds. Mm -hmm. Um, outside of that, uh, pickums. Please don't forget to do your pickums. I'll ping everyone on Friday for that. Uh, keep in mind that if you are first at the end of the season, you get a 2022 Spring Sakura jersey from FlyQuest itself. So just like the one I'm wearing right now, it's beautiful. I was gonna say, uh, sh show it off a little bit if you can, Sandy. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, so yeah, if you, if you win that, you actually get a Sakura jersey, so good luck to everyone there. Uh, currently, Road is currently in first, just stopping everyone. <laughs> uh, and 
outside of that, cheer on FlyQuest. Uh, Academy picks up again tomorrow. Should be some good games. And then, obviously, Dignitas and 100 Thieves on Saturday and Sunday. Yep. Uh, for my part, shout out to Kumo, who is in Champs Q right now. Uh, looks like he's playing Gragas against uh, 100 Thieves Gamsu, who's on the Gangplank. Uh, I only caught, like, two minutes of the opening leaning phase. But we will be raiding him after the show. And we will be back next Monday to talk about week three of the LCS. Hey, hopefully celebrating a 2-0 weekend and proving me and my predictions uh, dead wrong. I'm happy to sack the 0-2 uh, if that is the case. So, for now, stay safe out there. Don't forget to hit the head on the nail, and we will see you all very, very soon. Adios. Have a good one, guys. Oh, did Curly die? Curly disappeared. He's been frozen for a minute now. <laughs> okay, well, 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 in honor of well, Curly, in honor of Curly we've got to do it. Peace, Peace y'all. <laughs>